I want to ask you to look at Joshua 23. And we're going to read out of verse 14. Joshua 23 and verse 14 to start off. And then we'll kind of backtrack and come back to it. But I want to read this one text to start this night out. Now, many times I'll come on Wednesday night and I like to have like, you know, as you've seen, five, six points. I just, I enjoy that myself. It breaks it down for me. Hopefully it gives you something that you can reflect back on. But tonight I just feel to speak to you. I just, I just feel strongly to encourage somebody tonight. Let's read this text and we'll get there. It says, behold, this day I am going, I'm sorry, 23 and verse 14. Joshua 23 and verse 14. If I didn't say that, forgive me. It says, Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke. Concerning you, it says, All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. That ought to encourage somebody tonight. Let me just tell you real fast. You might say, well, there's an, there's an unanswered prayer. Let me just say, though, you've prayed the prayer. You've, you've lifted it up to God. You've made it available to Him. I just want to encourage somebody to tell you that not one thing has failed. Well, just take a moment right now and reflect back before we even, not nothing. Not, there's been, some of you have questions, some of you have had concerns, some of you have had, have weights that you're walking with, some of you have looked into the future and tried to figure out where in the world it's going to come from, how it's going to work, how this is going to be taken care of. Let me just pause all of that for a moment, the storm of worry, and tell you that not one thing. one thing. Lord, we love you. We thank you right now for all you've done. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your promises, and we thank you for fulfilled promises, God. We thank you for who you are. I ask right now in Jesus' name that you'd bless each and every heart of a mind. Help us to absorb your word, and help us to put your word into action in our lives. God, I pray bless our youth tonight. I pray bless Nelson as he speaks a word to these great young people. I'm asking help my wife and those that are helping in the kids area. I'm asking let the Holy Ghost move on them and let it happen right here as well. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. In Joshua 23, our prior scripture, or in this scripture of our reading, the Israelites have taken possession of most of Canaan and here they are in the promised land. Joshua is the successor of, of Moses, and Joshua has led the Israelites into Israel, and they settle themselves and are living comfortably. It's a, it's a change of pace for them because now they're living in this place of, of comfort. The inheritance of the 12 tribes has been given to, to each of them, and most of the occupants of the land now have been pushed out. And Joshua now is an old man. He's at the end of his life's journey. In verse 23 and 1, we find here that he, he, he speaks and, and says, And it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, 
that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. After all he had faced with, after all he had gone through, after all they had, they had experienced in the life, here we have him old in age. And, and Joshua understands that he doesn't have much time on earth. And that brings us to this scripture that I know that we already read. But again, behold this day, I'm going um, the way of all the earth. He's saying that, that you can't stop this aging process. It just is what it is. I experienced it a little bit today. We were laying some stone today trying to get things where we're not carrying in so much mud when it rains. And that, and that red clay lifestyle we're living, trying to get it all in order. But I saw a friend of mine today when I went to pick the kids up, and his name's Clark. And he looked at me, and he said, man, you're getting out of that car a little bit uh, slow. And I said, I am, Clark. I said, what's it to you? And he said, I just was making sure you're okay being an old man and all. And I thought, man, these jokes are getting more and more common. I don't, I don't like them, to be honest with you. I'm not appreciating them. It's not really. I know I'm, I'm only 41 years old. <laughs> you can't stop the ways of the earth. You can't stop it. You can't stop the fact that when I throw something in the air, it's going to fall to the ground. You can have simulators. You can go to certain things, pay a ticket, get in that room and feel like you're in space. But you can't stop the ways of the earth. It just is what it is. And some of us are trying. We're, we're worried about it. We're thinking about it. We're, our minds are wrapped up in it. We're thinking, man, how can I, how can I advance out of this? And let me just tell you real fast. Joshua gives you an understanding right here that you can't stop the ways of the earth. There's going to be good days, bad days. I know we talked about it last week a little bit, but there'll be good, there'll be bad. There'll be, there'll be the sun will come out. The moon will come out. When the moon's out, it's usually not as bright, unless it's a full moon, but it's usually not as bright. That means there's a night. That night is necessary for what? The day to come. That day comes, and then there's a night. And then guess what? It's a pattern. There's another day that's coming after that night. And then I'm, I'm going to shock you here. But after that day comes, you're going to have a night. We are now, if you look out this way, but don't focus too hard, you're seeing the sun set. That way, why? Because the moon is ready to let it be known that I, I am here in this moment. Here, here I am. But let me just tell you real fast, the moon's not in, the, in control. The sun's not in control. God's in control. However, you and I must know he's placed something in order, and I cannot stop the ways of the earth. I can't stop them. It just is what it is, and you know in all your hearts and all your souls, not one thing in all that you face and all the reality of not being able to stop the ways of the earth, here, here he says, not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you, and all are come to pass unto you. And he says, not one, one more time, not one thing has failed thereof. Not one thing. Joshua calls together the people in the presence of God to speak for the Lord one last time. He gives kind of this, this lesson, this history lesson. The Lord speaks, tells the people how he called Abraham out of this idolatrous family. And Abraham's father worshipped false gods. Abraham's father. Don't reach them because who their daddy is. Don't count them out because who their father is. The Lord calls Abraham from this idolatrous family and the false gods that, is, that were in his genealogy, but God brought him out of that. When Abraham uh, obeyed the voice of God and left the false worshipers, God blessed him. 
gave him a promise of offspring through Isaac and multiplied his family. He begins this, this journey and this work and his life. And Abraham's family moved to Egypt. They became enslaved by the Egyptians. Even so, God raised up Moses and Aaron and plagued the Egyptians, bringing deliverance from the cruel taskmasters. God parted the waters of the Red Sea and delivered the people while also drowning the Egyptians in the same waters at the same time. You understand that? The very thing that he used to deliver his people, he used to destroy the the enemies of the people. That price that was paid cost the enemy of God's people a great price. The Lord worked in a miraculous way. God's people were witnesses of the miraculous, the end of their days as servants to the Egyptians for good. The great exodus brought them through the wilderness and defeated all of the many armies that hindered them and stood in their way. Telling the background story, God names several nations that were conquered in order for the Israelites to enjoy rest and peace that they now get to enjoy. God reminds the people of the past and is then bringing them to the place of decision, to this place where they now have to make a decision. And the decision is for the future. And the future means the unknown, the unseen, what's ahead of me, the, 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 the place where I'm headed that there could be a curve in life, there could be a place where I'm going that I don't know of. The Bible says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What that literally means is they used to take lanterns. It's literal when it says, it says that. It's not figurative. They would take lanterns and wrap them in leather to, to insulate the heat. And they would wrap those around their ankles. And that would now give them enough light to, to when they would take a step, that light would usually shine six feet in front of them. But usually had a foot and a half, two feet between every step. So now the next step would give them another foot and a half of vision. The next step would give them another foot and a half, two feet, three feet of vision, whatever the case may be. Whatever the night was in darkness, the light would be greater in, the, in, the, in, in, its, in its purpose and shining. But what it's saying is that light that you have only shows you enough really for the next step. It doesn't show you enough for the next uh, 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 year's worth of events after you make this decision. But it takes you to a place where you can see the next step. And then the next one after that. But you don't get the next light until you get the light that you're currently walking in. So sometimes I've just got to go by faith and say, you know what? I know what this looks like, but I don't know what... That looks like, but the writer says, the psalmist says, his word is a lamp. His word will light my path. His word will give me understanding where there's no understanding. His word will give me sight to know what to walk on when there's no way to know where to go and what to walk on. That's what his word is. And so we find here what this is simply saying, a similar thing that you've got to make up your mind for the future. You can't make up your mind on what you've experienced, although nothing is lacking. Nothing. There's not been one thing he's missed, but you've got to quit trying him out and you've got to make up in your mind that this is the way I shall go. And after he recounts all of the victories, he had given these, this list of all the victories, he ends by reminding the people. Of all the gifts that were given to them, all the things that were done to them. He wants them in the decision of their future to reflect back on their past. 
I often do that myself, and I often do that off of some of your stories. I do that off of the stories of some of the testimonies that we've had in this church, in this building. I do that off the testimonies of some of the great, great heritage that I'm blessed to have. That I don't, I'm not here because of this heritage, but I thank God that the heritage has helped me. I do that off of the testimony. I've talked about my, my grandfather going to northwest Arkansas, and all he had was the Lord told him, you'll see a man at the fork in the road with, a, with an axe. You've heard the story over and over. I'll tell it over and over. But I thank God for those types of things where God made a way and established a gathering of godly people in that area. I thank the, I thank the Lord for my, my Aunt Brenda being on a polio bed. Not going to have any kind of quality of life. My grandfather crawled from the back door to the front, uh, the altar area in a church that uh, were people that he didn't know that well. And those good godly people gathered around a different group of people, different denomination, different type of whatever. And they walked around and they said, all we know is this man is in need. And they walked around, put their hands on him and prayed and asked God to heal her. He got up. When he went back, again, no cell phones back then. When he got back to the hospital, she was sitting up in that bed where she had polio and she asked for a Dr. Pepper and all they know now is she was healed. She's still living today. She should not have had any kind of quality of life. Let me tell you, he's not failed on anything behind you. He's not dropped the ball on anything behind you. He's not failed in any way. Everything you've asked, he's made a way. Everything you've needed, he's made a way. And the Lord is speaking and saying, don't forget to look behind you as you make a decision for what's ahead of you. And he tells them that very thing. He wants to remind them of these things. And he, and he says, and I, in verse 13, it says, And I have given you a land for which you did not labor. Let me see here. Did I give you the right scripture here? I've given you a land. I might have the wrong scripture. The, the scripture says, I've given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted, do and not do you eat. He said simply this that you were given an inheritance that was not yours. You and you, you, this is yours, but you didn't have to work for it. I've, I've blessed you with these things, and, and this is yours to have, and, and I want you to see these things. And in and, and, and chapter 24, Joshua is talking to the elders and judges and the leaders. These people that are gathered around, he's asked them to come around, and these were your, these were your people of clout. These would have been the ones that had influence. And he asked them to come together, and Joshua gathered them up, the tribes of Israel to Shechem. Let me see if I've got this uh, text right this time. Let me see here, 24 and 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. In other words, get all those that help. Get all those people of influence and decision makers. And they presented themselves before God. They brought themselves up, and Joshua gave them three choices. He tells them, you're going to have three things you can decide on today, but you got to make a decision. The first one is this. Serve the Lord. Serve the false gods that their forefathers had served. Or serve the false gods that were popular in the land that they are now living in. In other words, you can serve the Lord. You can get caught up. You can get caught up. And something that was before you that somebody maybe faltered in before and you just feel so linked to 
the family tradition that you get caught up in that and you've made a God out of it. Let me just stop and say to you real fast, you can make a God out of anything. Some people make a God out of Chevy or Ford. <laughs> you think I'm joking? You pull up in a Ford and you got everybody saying, well, my goodness, good luck going on the road. You pull up in a Chevy and somebody else will say, my goodness, good luck going on the road. I'm like, okay, when does it end? <laughs> I've seen all of them pull all of them out of holes. I've seen all of them on, on tow trucks. But you can get so caught up in my way or the way I've done it or the way it happened for me that you can make a God out of anything. And obviously, we're talking about much weighted, um, you know, weightier gods here. But they're talking about idolatrous ways, the ways that you had served before, and 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 the ways these things had happened, uh, uh, the the Egyptian gods that were brought on, the ways that the relationships were there, and and you got twisted up in some of these things while you were in bondage. You can get caught up in those things. You can also serve the false gods that were popular in the land because you're now living there, and you're looking around, and you're seeing tributes to these gods, memorials to these gods, and you can think because I'm here that these are the gods because of some weird connection in your past of Syrian uh, mentality and other mentality. You can think that all these things could play a role in who you are, but he was saying to them, the bottom line is today you're going to have to make a decision. Joshua finish, uh, he finishes this, this, this moment with them, speaking on the Lord's behalf in verse 13, and begins to make his last earthly appeal to the people that he's speaking to and the people that he loves so deeply. It's almost as if he was standing at a broken bridge, waving his hand and saying, before you go any farther, I need you to know there's something wrong with the bridge. There's something wrong with the bridge. He's telling Joshua knew that it was his last opportunity to influence the influencers, and he calls them to a place of decision. He tells them this, that God is seeking full commitment from his people. There always will be a time where you have to make a decision that I'm I kind of in or am I in? Am I in love with him or do I just love what I feel around him? Joshua's appeal is the heartbeat of what God truly desires of all of them. It's the only the only viable option in this text we find that's it's so critical and important for them to understand it. In Joshua uh, 24 and 14, it simply says this. If I have it, I hope I do. I hope I do. I hope there it is. Oh, I might not have it right. Forgive me, y'all. I'm so sorry. I've got it here, but I put the wrong scripture in there. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. This is 24 and 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. And serve him in sincerity and in truth. My father always has had a saying. He's always had a saying, are they sincere or they're so sincere? Because sincerity is a direct connection to being genuine or authentic. If someone's sincere, then they have a basis of being genuine. They have a basis for saying, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very uh, 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 genuine in my, my approach. You can oftentimes tell someone who's not sincere, you have that feeling, that messy little feeling that might not be real. But you can also feel it when someone is sincere. It's attractive. It's godly to be sincere. You can have the, someone who's so far from God, but yet their sincerity is appealing to you because that is at the core of their nature. People desire it, but not always can, can be active in it. Does that make sense? And so 
simply speaking, he says, serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. That's the three things we looked at right now. Saying you have three choices. Although there was no outward and public idol worship permitted from the Israelites, many of them had secretly held on to the worship of the false gods that they were familiar with. False gods they had practiced in Egypt. It was muddy, the water was. The muddy waters would oftentimes, we, yes, we, 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 we serve him, but they would also at times hope that maybe this would still work. Reminds me of Sister Taylor. You might remember Sister Taylor. Many people weren't here, but Sister Ellen Taylor. She would sit right up here. She'd walk in and take little tiny steps, and she'd hurry in. She'd get there in 45 miles per hour, but she'd take tiny little steps the whole way there. And she would spoke, speak with that Long Island accent. And she would come in, and she would she'd say, oh, good to see you. you know, I'm, I sounded Russian. I'm sorry. She wasn't Russian. But she would come in, and she would speak with that accent. And, uh, and, um, and one of her friends one time said, Ellen, when she was leaving, she said, what? She said, light a candle for me. And she said, oh, no, baby. I don't like candles anymore. I go direct. Sometimes people say, you know what, I, I, go, I, I believe this, but I'm still doing some of the old things I did. Let me just tell you real fast, there's nothing like going direct to the Lord. We have full access to him. We believe it, we believe it, but just in case, we're going to go lighting candles on the side. Does that make sense? They were like, oh, we believe it, we believe it, but just in case, we're going to go light a candle. And they would go and they would hold the beads and they'd do whatever. I'm just, just figuratively speaking. But they would have little things built up. They would secretly say, well, we're going to worship this God. We're having a drought in the land. Let's worship the God of the rain. Then we're going to do this. No, he was saying that you got to stop all that. You're either dependent or you're not. You either believe it or you don't. You've got to make up your mind what you're doing and who you're serving. You've got to make up your mind. And so there was none, but most of them had, had this, this, they were holding on. And God was never pleased with this worship, but permitted it in his long suffering. He was being patient with the people. It's important to know that God desires genuine, goes back to that word sincere, Holy committed, and that word holy is not H-O-L-Y, it's W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, and with my whole being, with all that I am, holy committed worship and service from his children. I'm not reserving anything back from anything else. I'm not holding back anything to anything else. Why he may tolerate disobedience for a season, um, it's, it's important for you and I to know that he never accepts, he never accepts disobedience. He may tolerate it, but he never accepts it. You and I often, we, we, we've got to know if we tolerate something, usually that brings acceptance into our lives. And now if we, te- we accept it, it breeds inactivity into our lives. But the Lord is different. He might tolerate, but he doesn't accept it. He does, his, his long suffering is a different nature than you and I. This is something important for us to understand because we, although we say we love and worship him, we, we partake in things outside of who he is, and that is unpleasing to God. That's not what we should be operating in. We have at times where we say, I worship him, but our time is worshiping other things. God desires our intentional and complete devotion. Serving two masters will never be allowed or accepted by him. It's just the way the Bible works. It's the, it's the nature of God. I've got to give him everything or nothing at all. Joshua's plea to the people was that they would fear the Lord, or in other words, reverence 
and respect him. I'm hurrying along here, but it'd be insulting, disrespectful to attempt to live in God's blessings while also serving other masters. And he was coming to, t- to speak to them on that. You're living in a land that was not built by you. You're living in blessings that was not, it, it really was here for you. It was not something that was bestowed on you. It was here and you inhabited the land. So now you're living in the overflow, but you're serving two masters. The wishes of Joshua were answered after he had, had gone on. The people served God faithfully for the remainder of that generation. 24 and 31 simply says this. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders that, uh, that overlived Joshua. You see what it says here in our, yeah, it says the same thing. I'll make sure I wasn't in a different translation. And which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. We'll just read it one more time. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the, day, and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua. In other words, outlived Joshua. And which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. The New Living Translation um, says this, but if, uh, let me see here, 24 and 15 is where I'm going to go next, but I'm going to read a different version here for a second. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, this is where he's speaking to them, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. So we're going back a little bit to where, where this decree was given to them. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as, and he goes on, he he gives them this decree that you have to make a decision, but he quickly now steps up to the plate and says, but listen to me right now. If we can say it that way, if we can interject tone in the scripture, which isn't always healthy, but you can do it a little bit here in this moment, I would say. He's pleading with them. You got to make your mind up. But you can't have these two masters things. But then he stops and says, but as for me and my house. As for me and my house. This is, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. This is, this is exactly what we're going to do. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. And this is the KJV. Whom you will serve, whether the gods uh, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you would dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and so we have this meaning of Joshua 20, 24 and 15. It's, it's a specific choice that they've got to make that you and I have to make that is, that's, that's being given to them. Choose who you will serve between the one true God or false gods. That's all it is. You either have the one true God or you have these man-made false things that are out there. After giving the people their options, Joshua makes known his choice. And we've spoken about it already. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so you and I have to understand that we still deal with this today. Humanity has not changed since the beginning of time. We are the same people. We're cut from the same fabric. We act the same. We behave the same. We do the same. We just have different distractions and different uh, things that have been um, dropped on us from all kinds of stuff in life. And, and, and so we've not really changed. And so it's important for you and I to understand that we have the same choices to make today. 
Some people along for the old paths that were that 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 were, were, were so critical to them, where they remember dependence more on the hand of God than depending on personal smarts and individual physical uh, efforts and, 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 and the way we can think. And that's what I want you to understand right now is that I want you to get something real fast. As you and I begin to see that maybe, maybe we, can, we can use this or we can use that or we can, we can help. Thank God for the, I'll just say one little piece of technology. We've got a new double oven that was installed this, this week. Um, we're thankful for that. Your, 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 your bishop installed that, that great double oven this week. Thank God for someone who knows how to do the stuff. And so we're thankful for him. I think Roger's a part of that too. Very, very small part of that as he testified about just now. I was almost going to say the same thing and I thought I won't be rude. But anyways, but we're thankful for that. Guess what? They didn't have those things back then. They had brick ovens. They would put things in. I'm thankful for these things. Now we can serve more. We can do more. We can, we can be a part of more. We can think in a small little thing like that. But let me tell you real fast. We cannot then put our faith in double ovens and say, well, we'll just do it our own way. No. It's important for you and I to remember that anything we've ever asked, he's never failed us on. Anything we've ever needed, he's always made a way. Every time we've needed him, he's always always stepped up. Man has not changed. Man will always say at some point, I can do this on my own. I'm living a comfortable life. I'm living a life of rest. The reason why we're living a life of rest is because he put big grapes in the land. It's because he filled it with milk and honey. It's because he drove out all the giants that were in the land. It's because he made a way. And just because I've showed up does not mean I can now stop depending on the goodness of God in my life. I'm talking about every little small thing. I'm talking about every little shift in your life. I'm talking about every little moment, every hurt, pain, every worry, every fear, every confusion, every, 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 every friendship that's gone bad, every relationship that's gone south, every situation in your life, whether it be large or small, you've got to know that when I look ahead, I'm fearful. But when I look behind, I see how God made a way and God made a way and God made a way and God made a way. So if I can take the faith from what I've experienced and I can look ahead. I can say, you know what? If God made a way, then I can know that God's going to make a way. 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 God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's going to make a way, but here's what he told him. He told him simply this, and I'm coming to a close. He told him this. You got to make a decision. He said, I'm tired, I'm weary, and you can't escape the ways of the earth. Let me tell you a little secret. That although you can't escape the ways of the earth, he's always made a way. He's always made a way. So although there's going to be a time when you look back and say, I'm tired, I'm old, I'm, 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 I'm feeble, mentally weary I'm struggling let me just give you a little secret before you make this decision let me give you a little let me give you a little understanding before you make a decision right now anything you've ever asked he's made a way anytime you've ever had a question he's 
He's made a way. When you look back over your life and you think things over, you realize that God's been good to me. Every time there's been a wall, He's made a way. Every time there's been an army, He's made a way. Every time you've questioned, He's made a way. Every time, everything you've faced, everything you've gone through, He's made a way. So choose you this day who you shall serve. But I choose to take what I've been through with where I'm headed. So as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the one true God. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to put away two masters. We're going to have one master. I'm committing right now is what he's saying to you. That I'm giving myself to him fully. I'm giving all of me to him. Let me tell you right now in this house, in this midweek night, I'm telling you right now, I'm giving my full self to him. I'm giving everything I've got to him. I'm telling him right now, Lord, when I look over all that we've been through and all you've done, when I look at what I've done when I was a child, and when I look at the stone church down the road, when I was putting those stones on the floor today on the, on the ground, I couldn't help but think about the stone church. When I look back over those days of walking in that little church with a small parking lot, and I look around and I see 10, 15, 20, 25 people, and I, and I look around and I remember, Brother Charlie, I remember the first Sundays you walked in. I remember those days of you just coming in. And I'll let you someday tell your testimony. But when I think about that testimony that I know of, and I look back, I tell you, Brother Charlie, it gives me hope because I think the Lord's never failed. The Lord's never failed. He's never failed. And so when it tells me if somebody else has a past, then they walk through the doors. That tells me I can't think, oh, what does that mean? No, it tells me that if God did it for him, God can do it for them. And when I think this over, I realize that he will make a way. And then when I think about making our way from me all the way over here, and we look at all that God done and all the lives that God has changed I can't help but think that God still has a future for us his best days aren't behind us but his best days are before us but we can't forget about the healings we can't forget about the revival we can't forget about the answered prayers we can't forget about the prayed prayers but we got to say that God you made a way but I'm choosing today whom I'm going to serve My mind's made up. My mind's made up. My mind's made up. Ruth said this in 1 and 16. It said, Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. Where do, uh, thou dost, uh, where thou dost, will I die? And there will I, uh, and, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if all but death part thee and me. It's saying simply this. I want what you have. I want to be a part of this. I want to go. I know we've had a tough time. I know we've faced mountains. I know we've had loss. But I want your God. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, she the Bible said, then she left speaking unto her. Another verse that says this. When she saw, she could not persuade her. Or this way. When she saw, she was fully persuaded. When she saw, her heart was made up. 
She said, okay, come along for the ride. Let's go. Come on. Romans 8, 38 says this, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's one thing that wasn't included in that. One thing that wasn't included in that. I'm reading the first part right here. He talks about present and the future. Here's the reason why he doesn't include the past. Because when you look behind you, you're more persuaded than you've ever been in your life. So what he was saying is, I'm not going to let the unknown that I'm living in take me away. But I'm making my decision right now that I'm fully and wholly. My mind's nothing will pull me away. No hurt or pain will pull me away. No questions will pull me away. No confusion will pull me away. No heartache will pull me away. No loss will pull me away. No spiritual thing will pull me away. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. My mind is made up. My mind's made up. I'm going to ask you right now, I think it'd be all right for us tonight and walk together to the front of this church if we will. And I wish we'd take a moment to make a commitment to him to say, God, my mind is made up. My mind, my heart is made up. Would you do that right now with me? I know it's, it's, it's not too late. Just take a moment with me right now and say, God, I need you. I need you, Lord. I pray, help us. I pray right now our mind's made up, our heart's made up, God. Our decision has been made, God, I pray. I'm asking, move in this house, God. Move in this house, God, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You made a way. Yes, Jesus. When our backs were against the wall And it looked as if it was over God, you made a way and we're standing here only because you made